and meet me in Psalm 34. And let's talk today about something unusual. Two things, plumbers and pine needles. Glory to God. Ooh, whoa, glory to God. Psalm 34, let's open up today in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word, that it really is a light unto our path, illuminating the direction for which our steps should go, illuminating the way for which we should conduct our lives. Thank you, Father, for your word. Now, we ask for your grace today to implement it into our lives so that we, we would never be just hearers and not doers, but that would we would be hearers. We would hear what you would say today in your word, and today we would do it and apply it consistently in our lives. Thank you for your grace. We ask you for it in Jesus' name, and we all today say amen. Again, today's message titled Plumbers and Pine Needles. Psalm 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse 3, O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. Well, verse 1 is a heavy hitter, praise God. It's a verse that we can easily read over, and the whole chapter is just loaded. This psalm is it's got nuggets all throughout it. It's got everything in here from deliverance to angels to provision, uh, just all kinds of good stuff. But verse one, though, is something that we want to draw out today. I will. See, this is a inner choice. This is an inner decision to say, this is the way I'm going to govern my life. I don't know if others will do it, but as for me, I'm making a personal decision to live like this. I will notice the strong inward affirmation of David. I will bless the Lord, not curse, not grumble, not complain, not pull what little hair I have out of my head in frustration. No, <laughs> not get mad and slam the door and break something in the process. I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise, not my grumblings, not the constant uttering forth of all my problems and my various dilemmas, his praise shall continually. Oh, not every now and then, not if I win the lottery and become a multimillionaire. Oh no, his praise shall continually be where? in my mouth. Yes. Hallelujah. That praise coming out of your mouth to the glory of God. Well, you and I both know, sometimes we look at these verses and you know, we think, well, that's, that's nice. Uh, David was a person that praised the Lord. But the reality of this is that God really does want us to be praising him all the time. And I believe that when we do meet the Lord face to face, and we stand before the Lord in heaven, that we will have the fullness of knowledge and we will understand that he is worthy of truly being praised all the time. Wow. But while we have the privilege of being on this side of the veil, not the veil of separation and relationship between us and God, but the veil of physical, natural world, 
where we walk by faith and not by sight. Our trust is in God. Our faith is in the Lord, the, resurre- the resurrected Christ, whom we cannot see with our physical eye. But nevertheless, we believe in Him. With all of our hearts, we trust Him, and we praise Him. My friends, that trust can really be put on the line, and the expression of trust being revealed through praise can really have moments of testing when things pop into your life that were never on life's radar. When things come into your life that would frustrate, that would seem to contradict your faith, then do we have privilege of acting upon the word in the very midst of negative circumstances. We have the enjoyment of being able to prove the word of God out in our lives. After all, what happens when you're believing to buy a home and you think you found it and you believe it's your dream home. And then you go to uh, maybe uh, talk to the realtor. And the next thing you know, somebody bought it just before maybe you could put an offer in. And you think, you know, I thought that was supposed to be for me. I I thought I was uh, the one next in line to get blessed. What comes out of your mouth during times like that? Well, Lord, you really let me down on that one. Things like that. Well, this is why we have God's word to guide us and, and instruct us. What happens when you have a flat tire? What comes out of your mouth during times like that? Frustration, complaining, or a calm assurance where you praise God. Oh, not, not in essence for the flat tire, but you praise God that he's bigger than a flat tire, bigger than a lost opportunity. And that if you didn't get that house, he's got something better for you to get. If the tire got flat, well, just fix it. Praise the Lord. Maybe God just wants to increase your knowledge base on how the whole procedure works. But nevertheless, whatever he has in it, whatever life brings to you, You need to learn to praise the Lord. Now, if the devil does something bad, maybe something slips in that is clearly of the enemy, we don't glorify the devil, but we are basically praising the Lord because he's bigger than anything that the enemy could try to do to sidetrack us or to hinder us. God is bigger and greater. And as we praise him, his greatness is revealed and manifested in our lives. And I really believe this can be something that is enjoyed on even a daily basis. I remember the day that I had made a commitment to the Lord to praise him. And it's not like I read Psalm 34 and just had some kind of a wallop revelation. Woo! You know, it wasn't something like that. It was just something, a cumulative effect of reading the scriptures and and seeing the various examples of praise, you know, Paul and Silas praising God in the midnight hour, things like that. And I just began to get an overview of the subject of praise. And I just said, Lord, I'm going to endeavor to do this. And Lord, I, I don't anticipate that this is going to be easy, but today I choose to make a commitment, predetermined commitment that whatever comes out of my mouth, there will never be grumbling, griping, especially towards you but I will endeavor to give you praise in all that I do and all that I say, praise God. Well, this was, this was of course years back. Well, uh, I went off that day to work at that time. This was, this was, uh, several years before I was in the ministry full time. I went off to work in my plumbing van, 
I met my brother-in-law, met my uh, father-in-law. My, my father-in-law was a master plumber, had been in plumbing for over 35 years and knew pretty much everything there could be known about plumbing, commercial plumbing, residential plumbing, new plumbing work, repair plumbing work, uh, citywide industrial stuff from giant valves and pipes to small faucet repairs in homes. He had done it all and knew it all. And he was imparting that knowledge to me and imparting that knowledge to my brother-in-law who was already way ahead in me in knowledge. And so I was, in essence, working with this plumbing company. We're having a lot of fun together, doing a lot of jobs. This was a very, very busy summer. And we had uh, taken this one job that was a, in the plumbing industry, what's called a repipe. And if you live on the East Coast, you don't see that much of it because on the East Coast, there's a lot of plastic tubing and piping underneath houses and behind the walls. But in areas where it doesn't get that cold, like Southern California, most of the piping is copper pipe. So that's about all we worked on as far as repiping. We would deal with the copper. And so since out of uh, our team, I was the one that was the skinniest. I did most of the work underneath the houses. In other words, I would be the guy that would crawl underneath the house. Now, the others came down at times, but I could just, you know, crawl around real fast, real easy. And even real tight crawl spaces, if you only had about 12 inches, I could get in there. And I mean, I'm in there with a, you know, map gas and a torch and uh, sweating pipe and all this stuff, even in really restricted spaces. I, I really got good at it, enjoyed doing it. We had taken this job on a very old house that was probably about 100 years old a luxury home, a historical home, but uh, it was going through a renovation. So we had been hired to do a repipe of the entire house, take all the old plumbing out and put all brand new pl plumbing in. So you've got to repipe the, all the water lines, everything underneath the house, tied into the city line, do all that stuff. And it's, it's all brand new pipe. So I'm underneath this house for days. And you know, when you go underneath these houses, especially an old creepy house like this, it's nice. It's a beautiful home, but Hey, underneath the house, it's it's still ugly down there. You still got spiders. You might have a snake you might run into. And no telling what you, else you might see under these old homes. So, you know, I always wore these long coveralls. They'd cover me from here all the way down. And I had a cap on my head because I didn't want my head banging into something or particularly the spider webs. I always hate it getting my head, you know, into these uh, spider webs. So anyhow, I'm covered up from head to toe with all these uh, clothes. Uh, also, because when you're crawling on the dirt a whole lot and you're laying on the dirt, you know, for eight or 10 hours, the more you crawl on it and you have to crawl because you're putting pipes all over the place. You know, if you're not completely covered, all that dirt works down through your shirt, through your pants, down into your underwear, down into your socks, down into your shoes. So you have to dress appropriately so you don't have the penetration of all that dirt and then all the discomfort of all of that you know, especially if you're doing it every day, which is what we were doing. So I'm down there. And if I remember correctly, it was on the fourth day and we were about to wrap up this uh, entire project of brand new plumbing in the whole house. And so it was a long day on the last day. And because, you know, it's real difficult to use the restroom when you put all that clothing on, when you have jeans on and, and socks and shoes, and then you have coveralls over that and you got all kinds of other stuff and uh it's just uh, you know when i would go under the house to go to work uh, on this last day i didn't even come out for lunch well why well it's too difficult you know you got to crawl all the way out and take all your stuff off you're so filthy and dirty you got to somehow clean up to eat i even i just you know i just kept working i didn't even go to the bathroom 
for a long, long time. And, you know, so I was, I, I got very uncomfortable under the house after a full day. And, you know, I finally got the, the good call from upstairs. Stephen, are you done down there? Yeah, I've got it all hooked up. All new piping everywhere, hot water, cold water lines, all the, the main lines, all the, the side lines going off into the smaller faucets all throughout the house, toilets, everywhere, everything. It's good. They said, all right, we're going to turn on the main line. Water's coming in. Check all the pipes. And if it's, if it's good, no leaks, it's a wrap. And it, it was a big job. Well, they turned on the lines with all the water rushing in. You could hear the pipes just getting flushed full of water. And, you know, I, I'm trying to check all these pipes. We ran a long way, so I'm crawling all underneath the house, praising the Lord. I've been praising the Lord all day long, even in my discomfort, even in the dark, sweating, hot, dirty, mm, but praising God. Lord, I thank you for my job. Lord, I thank you for this wonderful plumbing company of my brother-in-law that he has given me some work here. And I thank you for my father-in-law. He's a good man teaching me the, a noble skill, the skill of plumbing. Praise God. And I just, you know, having a good time checking all the pipes. And after I checked them all, it took about, about an hour. I said, hey, everything's good down here. No leaks. They said, good. Come on out. We're done. It's a wrap. So I gathered up all my tools. And when you're working that long underneath there, you got all kinds of tools, tool chest, uh, saws, uh, cords all over the place. Just a lot of stuff that you need, mainly all the all the equipment for uh, soldering and things like that. So got it all gathered up. It's heavy stuff too, and hauled it all out. And, you know, I'm talking, I'm talking to the guys and I said, Hey, we're, we're all done. This was a great job. They said, yeah, they said, Stephen, great job down there. And, um, you load everything up and we'll see you tomorrow. We're going to leave right now. Cause we're going to go check on another job that we're going to pick up tomorrow. So you just close it out here, finish loading everything up. We'll see you. We'll see you tomorrow morning. I said, great. Wonderful. So I'm putting everything away in my plumbing van, putting all this stuff away. And, uh, and they, then, then I want to have it all put in the back of the van, closed the door, felt really good. Took off all those clothes, probably took, I'm not exaggerating. It probably took 20 minutes to take off all the clothes I had on. I mean, I had, I had all kinds of stuff on, specialty clothing too, for that type of work. Took it all off, shook it all out, got it all cleaned up. So when I start the next day, I'm fresh and ready to go. Praise God. Put it all away. Closed it into the van. Uh, I was about ready to jump up front into the front seat when I thought, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I re-looked in the van and I said, something's, something's not right. Something's missing. Looked over all my tools and then, then it dawned on me. Where's the Sawzall? Oh, it... I could just see it in my mind. Oh, oh, I left that underneath the house. And I, I can even remember where I left it at. I left it in the very farthest corner underneath the house. And this thing of the flesh nature wanted to rise up in me and just speak out words of frustration. You know, like, oh, you know, and grumble. And, and I just said, no, I am not going to get upset. I'm going to praise the Lord. And so I began to praise the Lord. Didn't feel like it. Didn't want to, but I'm trying to work the word. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
even though I've got to go all the way back under that house again. Got redressed all over again with all my gear on. I had to reopen up the access panel that had been sealed up, take out tools to do that, open it back up, start crawling underneath there again, get another light so I could go underneath there and crawl, crawl through the dirt and up and down and all around underneath this old house, crawling here and there. Oh, there it is, way over there in the corner. And I saw it laying there. Very expensive sawzall. I could cut through anything with that thing. I grabbed it. I said, Lord, praise you. Lord, I praise you. It's been a good day. Thank you for my job. Lord, I just thank you for your strength to do this work. Thank you for this equipment where I can do my work. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I bless you. And you know, as I begin to crawl back underneath that house, a spirit of praise began to crawl, began to come on me. Maybe it began to crawl on me. I don't know. It came up on me. And I began to praise the Lord this time, not so much just in the natural, but it began to bubble up out of my spirit. I began to praise the Lord with an anointing. Lord, I do praise you. Ooh, Lord, I believe you're doing great things in my life. I said, Lord, there's nowhere to go from here but up. I'm as low as you can go. I'm crawling like a snake on my belly on the dirt. A man can go no lower. Lord, I believe you're going to lift me up and do great things in my life. Lord, I even believe you have a ministry for me. Hallelujah. And I just began to praise the Lord and praise the Lord. And as I was crawling underneath that house, pulling the sawzall, I was using my hands, almost like a guy swimming, to move myself forward. And as I moved my hand, uh, my hand went over something, and it hit something, and it sounded like metal. I thought, well, that's odd. I wonder what in the world that could be. And I pulled out the light that I had, and I shined it over to where that metallic sound came from. I didn't even see anything. And I began to dig down in the area where I had heard the sound, and I dug down, and I dug down, and when I re saw a piece of metal, I pulled it out, and when I pulled it out and held it up to the light, you know what it was? It was the full set of keys to my work van parked outside. I had lost my keys somewhere during that day and had never even known I lost them. And yet God helps me to find them before I ever even know that I've even lost them. Wow. I said, Lord, that boggles my mind. I said, Lord, if I realized I'd lost those keys afterwards, the thought of finding them somewhere underneath this vast home, this was an enormous home. The, the very thought of trying to find them in this dark labyrinth of a dungeon type that I never would have had a chance. Not even a needle in a haystack would have been a good allegory to that. Just, I don't know where it could be at. But I said, Lord, because I was praising you, you blessed me in a way that I didn't even know you could bless me. Wow. And so the, so, so the Lord was really teaching me. Now catch this. Because I even had an angel come to me from heaven and tell me this one time. The Lord was really teaching me that praise is the lost key to victory. Hmm. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I heard you say that before. I think sometimes we learn best by repetition. Not that repetition is boring or that we're just trying to be redundant for the sake of saying it over and over again, but I think there's something where there can be a time where the Holy Spirit turns the light on. And I'm just praying that 
although you may have heard about the subject of, of praise taught, I just pray that somehow that today that the Holy Spirit would touch you and that this message today be something more than just something that's taught. It actually be something that because of the Holy Spirit, it's actually something that's caught. And you you think, oh, okay, I get it. This, this really is a key to victory and breakthrough. And I just want you to be a person that will consider doing Psalm 34, one, that you really will praise the Lord especially when things are challenging and tough, when you feel like maybe quitting, when you feel like although you do your best, it's maybe still not good enough, when you feel like you offered all that you had and somehow it still seems like you came up short, that in moments like that, that and that's really when it counts, in moments like that, that you find yourself praising Him. And you'll have to do it on purpose you will have to stir it up. There will probably be nobody else around you to encourage you to do it. Matter of fact, if there is anybody else around you, they may encourage you to go negative real quick. This is an opportunity for you to prove God that he is as great as he says he is. Because I believe he'll do things for you. But praise is a lost key. Well, why is it lost? Because I think so many of God's people have maybe heard about it, but something's not clicking because they're not doing it. And I think it really does have to come by a revelation. Uh, it really does. And you'll never, you're never only going to be able to work this out in times, not so much when things are good. We can all do that. When, when everything is going great, it's easy to praise the Lord. What, what, but when stuff is just like, wow, Lord, this is really some rough going. That's when you find out, in a sense, the, the word being a mirror. And it's like you can look into the word. It's like looking in a mirror. And you can actually say, am I doing this? Because you look at it, it's like, well, either you are or you aren't. I believe that you will be a person that will praise the Lord. Watch this. Continually. Continually. Kenneth Hagin Jr., talked about the time his father was away ministering. And uh, Kenneth Hagin Jr. said that while his dad was out ministering, that he found out that his father's house, uh, his father and mother's house had been robbed. So he called his dad and said, Dad, uh, I've got some news for you. It's not good. I, I, I would suggest that you sit down. And so Kenneth Hagin Sr. said, um, he said, well, son, what is it? And Kenneth Hagin Jr. said, Dad, I hate to tell you this, but we have just found out your house has been completely robbed. They've taken everything. And Kenneth Hagin shouted, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> praise God. Pastor Stephen, I like to see myself as being a spiritual person. You'll find out how spiritual you are when the challenges of life show up, when the enemy throws a curveball at you, and it's like all of heaven stands back and says, let's watch and see what they do. Even the enemy stands back and watches. The angels stand back. Even God does and says, let's watch and see how they respond. God having faith in you that you're going to be like his servant Job, that God had so much confidence in Job, he said, he told the devil, he said, go ahead. 
He said, you can't break my, you can't break my guy. That's my man. He'll stand up for me. He'll do the right thing. The devil says, I, I can break him. The Lord said, he said, I give you permission within a, spurt, a certain sphere. In other words, you can't kill him. But the, the, the devil took it right up to the edge. Wow. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times. There's a little note, a little header right above verse one. It says a Psalm of David when he pretended madness before Abimelech, Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. It wasn't his name. It's a title for their Kings before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. This is the time that David wrote this Psalm. When many historians think he was at the lowest point of his life out in the wilderness, nobody wanted him. He was, he was a wanted man. Nobody wanted him because if, you, if he show, David shows up at your camp and you're giving him aid or shelter, then Saul, when Saul and his army shows up, they're going to take you out with David. So David was a hunted man, rejected, rejected, and, and just chased. And no Holiday Inn, no Ramada Inn, no Hyatt Regency, nothing but roll out the sleeping bag, and push away the scorpions and the other creatures of the desert and just hope to make it through another day. And this stretched David beyond anything he'd ever been involved in before. To the point, he even feigned insanity before the king of the Philistines. (laughs) Glory. But David gathered himself and said, I'm not going to lose my mind. My God is real. The anointing he put on my life is real, and I will make it to the throne. And he rose, he rose up, and he penned Psalm 34. And he wrote these words, I will bless the Lord at all times. Out in the middle of the desert, with having no idea where he's going to be at the next day, having no idea if he's about to be surrounded and chased his wives and children massacred and slaughtered and everybody else with him. He said during that moment, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Is that easy to do? No, but can you do it by the spirit of God and by the grace of God? You can. And if you will, you'll discover the power of God coming into your life in the most extraordinary, unexplainable ways that I, I just believe it'll, it'll turn you into a fanatic praiser. Glory to God. Mm. Glory to God. Praise God. May God stamp you and imprint you with the spirit of praise. Glory to the Lord. No matter what you face, no matter, no matter what you face, don't, don't ever let the, the enemy try to get you upset at the Lord. Lord, look what you've let happen to me. Lord, how could you let this happen to me? No, don't do that. That's bait of the enemy. Praise the Lord. Even if you don't understand it, because many times you won't. David couldn't understand at that point what he was going through. Of course, hindsight, they say, is twenty twenty. We know it was development for the kingly call and anointing. Praise God. Praise the Lord. My friends, right where you're at right now, today, determine that you will bless his name.
Oh, Brother Hagin wasn't praising the Lord because the enemy came in a sense and just robbed all of his stuff and stole all of his valuables and his precious things. No, Brother Hagin's praising the Lord because the Lord's greater than the thief. And God could restore not only what the thief stole, but God can make it even more beautiful. And God can even do something through this that brings glory to his name. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you'll praise him, now listen to this. If you'll praise him, he'll make your bitter sweet. He'll make your tears turn to joy. But you've got to praise him. You've got to do it right now. And there is a place where the Holy Spirit will come on you. And then it becomes easy. But many times you'll have to stir yourself up because your flesh won't want to praise him. It'll want to grumble. Don't, don't go there. Praise him. Hallelujah. When you didn't get the job that you applied for and that you longed for and that you thought that would be the perfect job when you didn't get it, praise him. He's still got something even better. He's got a better fit than that. Praise him. He knows best. Praise him. Praise God. Praise is the lost key to victory. If you praise him, you will find the victory that you're looking for. I remember, oh, maybe this was the year, yes, the year 2005, we had been out ministering in our motor home, and we arrived back in North Carolina after having traveled across the country preaching in different churches and so forth, ministering out on the road in prophetic ministry. We're right back at our home base. And I had stopped by some friends that lived at a mountain lodge. And I just went up there kind of relaxed and casual to visit and see kind of what was going on. And one of the sons of the parents that lived there was endeavoring to put out some pine needles around the lodge for beautification of the property, you know, cover up the, just the dirt areas with pretty pine needles, give it a nice mountain look. It was, and it was a beautiful, beautiful lodge. And so he he had, he had all of these bales of pine needles and he was getting stressed out. And I said, Hey, why are you working so hard? You want you just take your time and spread them out and take and enjoy yourself. He said, Oh, he said, there's a huge church group coming up here and they're going to be here almost any minute. And I want to get this done before they come so that it looks so nice and, and pretty. And uh, he said, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get it done. And I said, I'll help you. And I went and grabbed the pair of gloves and just started helping him. I just thought, I, I've got time. I'll jump in there and help him do this. And I just started spreading pine needles all over the place. We're, we were putting the pine needles down that thick, uh, literally eight inches to a foot thick in pine needles. And we covered a ginormous area, a huge area, like a large front yard all around the sides everywhere. It was, it was pine needles all over the place. Praise the Lord. Maybe, maybe a hundred bales of pine needles. Wow, we were working, sweating, having fun, praising the Lord, having a good time. And I'm putting out those pine needles. And I'm just, Lord, thank you. That was a good, that was a good ministry trip that we had. God, I praise you. I think I could drive up here, relax a little, get some mountain air and sweat and feel good and help out my brother. Praise God. 
and I just praise in the Lord. We're putting the pie needles out, putting them all out. We got done. We got it done before the people showed up. And we stood back to look at all the work that we had done, covered such a vast area. Everything looked nice and beautiful. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Looked like the Garden of Eden on top of a mountain. And it just looked so nice. And he said, Stephen, thank you for helping me. There's no way I could have done this without your help. Get this done in time. I said, glad to do it, brother. Glad to do it. And uh, as I was looking at all that we had done, I saw a little area of pine needles that seemed to stick up a little disproportionate to maybe some of the others. And it just seemed to stand out to my eye out of this vast sea of pine needles. And I just walked into that area of pine needles and walked over to that area and, and just uh, pushed it down just a little bit. And when I did that, my foot bumped something on the ground and it sounded, well, here we go again. It sounded metallic. And I thought, what in the world could that be? Then I got down on my knees and started pulling all the pine needles back and, and dug down in the ground a little bit. And you wouldn't believe it. I dug up my keys my keys to my motorhome, my keys to my car, the keys to our, our residence, everything was on that keychain, And there it was. I had lost it while working so fast. It had fallen out of my pocket. And I didn't even know it. I didn't even know that I'd lost my keys. And yet, and yet while I was praising the Lord, because I was praising the Lord, the Lord helped me to find them before I ever even knew I lost them. And the Lord just told me again, he said, Stephen, he's, he's just saying, praise is the lost key to victory. Do you, need, do you need a breakthrough in your life? Would you like God to come into your life and do something that is a God evidence? I mean, in other, in other words, when people hear about something, this thing that God does for you, they'll know that was beyond your sphere of ability. Not that you're not a smart cookie, but hey, what happened to you? You and I both have to admit that was God coming in. Well, if you want God to do something like that in your life, you need to be a constant praiser of him. Psalm 34 verse seven, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers, delivers them. God will send angels to deliver you. Verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Yes, things happen. Afflictions, that word doesn't mean sickness or disease. It means test, trials, and difficulties. Well, Pastor Stephen, I thought that if I were righteous in serving the Lord, righteous in Christ, that I would be exempt from those things. No. Sometimes you might even find yourself having more from the perspective that the enemy's threatened by you, and he knows you're more of a threat because you're a soul winner, you have a heart for the kingdom, a heart for God's interest, and so he's going to try to, he's going to, try to um, put these hindrances before you. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones. May you never ever have a broken bone ever because of this promise that you can now cling to and believe. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Not one of them is broken. Glory to the Lord. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants. And none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Glory to God. So since God has the power and the ability to deliver you, and he wants to, shouldn't you praise him for it? in advance. Praise God. It's a concept that I call 
dance in advance. Let praise come out of your mouth. Let dancing come out of your feet. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, and God, God comes through for me and does a great mighty miracle for me. I'll, I'll even cut the carpet up. I'll dance. I'll dance on it, Pastor Stephen. I'll wear my shoes out. Wear them out now. Dance now. Dance in advance before you ever see it. God told me one time that I would go to France. Pastor Stephen, what did you do? I danced in advance that I would go to France. And I went. Hallelujah. Had a good time, too. Went to Paris, stayed in beautiful hotels, and enjoyed myself. And the Lord covered the whole thing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Woo. Mm-mm. I danced my way to France <laughs> before I ever went there. And I danced when I went there, too. And so did my wife, Kelly, out in the middle of this beautiful pasture in northern France where the golden grain went as far as the eye could see. We just danced danced, just danced down the street, danced out in the grain, danced all over the place. Hallelujah. (laughs) Now, Pastor Stephen, you might get arrested for being a fanatic. The only thing that you're going to arrest is God's attention. God distinguishes praisers as being those who really believe in what the word says. Praise God. Because if you believe it, you'll get happy about it. Mm-mm. I see you coming out. I see that there's nothing so strong it can't hold you back with God's power. God's power. Mm-mm. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You're going to go places. You're going to do great things. The best is yet to come. Shouldn't you rise up and praise him for it? Woo! Plumbers and pine needles. God speaks through all kinds of scenarios. Even on the fifth day of revival that I was in in Virginia, when an angel came to me in the hotel room and stood behind my shoulder and spoke and said to me, praise is the lost key to victory. And the angel told me, I mean, I'm not making this up. He told me most of God's people do not praise him. All the time. All the time. Pastor Stephen, I got that job. Woo! I got a raise. I want to give a testimony in church. God's been good to me. <laughs> Woo! But what about the other stuff? Mm. What about it when the negative circumstances come? What happens when it doesn't work out? What happens then? Do you clam up like an oyster? No, during times like that, lift up your hands and say, God, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. God, I get up in the middle of the night and praise you. God, I wake up in the morning and I praise you. Oh, Lord, I I can feel my body. I know that there are circumstances in my body where there's aches and pains. But, oh, God, I praise you on top of that. In spite of that, anyhow, I just praise you. I praise you. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Now, lift up your hands. Father, I pray today that the same Holy Spirit who revealed this to David by a revelation, not, not hid knowledge, you need to praise the Lord, but Father who revealed it by revelation, and David caught it. 
David caught the value and the eternal purpose of praise. Father, I pray that your people catch it today. 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 In Jesus' name. Turn them into vibrant praisers. <laughs> that the more they're persecuted, the more they praise you. Father, we thank you. Thank you for bold praise. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know where this is going to take you. I know it's going to take you into victory. But the routes of victory and the areas of overcoming. God's going to take you into some places that you wouldn't have even thought possible. But you'll stand there and you'll know why. You'll know why. It's because you praised him. Most importantly, when it counted. You know, in, in strength training, when you're doing repetitions, the first ones are easy. The ones that are difficult are when you, you're, you're burning and lactic acid is screaming in your body saying, stop. That's, that's when you push a little bit more. That's where the development is. Your richest and most beautiful and most flourishing spiritual development is when you praise the Lord in tough times. Not on the first or second rep. On rep number 12, when every, every fiber in your body is saying, I can't do another one. That's when you do the next one. And that's what separates the gold medalist from silver, bronze, and so forth. I see gold in you. I see God's word alive in you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your grace to empower us to do this today and ongoing in Jesus' name. And of course, you and I both know when we get to heaven, <laughs> we're not going to stop there. Mm -mm. We're going to keep on going. I know what you're going to be doing 10,000 years from now. I already know you're going to be praising the Lord. Let's take communion together today. Please grab your communion. Father, we thank you for this bread, this juice. We set it apart as consecrated. We thank you that it is now the flesh and blood of our Savior. Thank you, Father, who is worthy of all of our praise. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for his body. We receive it by faith and his promises of deliverance. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise God. You're coming out. Your prison door is opening. It's opening. Mm, the angels bringing the key now to get you out. You're coming out. You're coming out. You're coming out. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise will never leave you stranded. Woo! Mm. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. It's holy. We thank you that you said in your word in Leviticus that the life is in the blood. We thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus washing all of our sins away. That is, it is in powerful effect in our lives. Thank you, Father God, that Jesus emptied all of his blood for us upon Calvary's cross. Thank you, Father, for our Savior. He did it all for us. May we give him eternal praise.
Father, we thank you. and We praise you in the great name of Jesus. Amen. Let's receive his blood now. Praise the Lord. One day you will stand face to face before God your Father, before the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, and you will also see and meet the Holy Spirit. Don't you want to praise Him now? Because you know you're going to praise Him then. <laughs> but faith says, God, I'll praise you now. Because I know that you're my Redeemer and that you live forevermore. Praise God. He's waiting for your praise. Give it to Him now. See you next time. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.